Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Abide Bible Club podcast. Each month, brothers and sisters in Christ will share how they abide in the Lord and remain in the truth of God's word in the midst of life's many challenges and circumstances. We pray it encourages you as you listen alongside your family in the hopes that conversations would open up in your home. My name is Mari, and today's guests are Brian and Andrea. Andrea? Reyes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they are here to talk about their story and just how they've been involved in missions work. Um, so I'm just going to hand it off to them. Can you share your testimony, how you got into missions, how you guys met, and what you will be doing next? All right. Okay. Um, you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You go first. I'll go first. <laughs> <clears throat> so my testimony uh, starts, you know, I grew up with Christian parents. Um, they would take me to church and all. But, you know, when I got into high school, uh, it was quickly evident that I wasn't following Jesus uh, just because of the lifestyle that I was uh, walking in. And, um, you know, that kind of led me into this just path of like uh, being lost and broken uh, without him and because, because of my sin. And so, you know, I started seeking him, uh, but it was kind of difficult just because I was in this place where I thought, all right, Jesus or God, you know, just in general, God isn't going to love me uh, because of all my sin. But, you know, now if I start seeking out God, then my friends aren't going to love me or like me or whatever, just because, you know, I'm trying to look for something that they're all against. So, I was stuck in this uh, place in in the middle, and I didn't know what to do. So finally, I ended up at at a church out here in California. Uh, It's called Calvary Chapel uh, West Grove. And I went on one of their uh, retreats, uh, you know, as a high schooler. And for the first time, I hear somebody tell me, one of the pastors, he was like, God loves you. And that was just so radical for me. I was like, you know, blown away by that. And I couldn't understand it. So you know, I, I didn't give my life to Jesus just yet, but I was, uh, you know, seeking still. And that that kind of gave me hope. So fast forward a few years, I, I start going to this church a little bit more regularly. And one of my friends is, uh, you know, really pushing me to go on this mission trip that they're trying to do. So I was like, I don't really want to do that. I'd rather just get a summer job and, you know, just live my life. Like, why am I going to go somewhere else for two weeks? So, you know, finally, I, I end up giving into the pressure and uh, we, we end up, uh, it's called Belize, the country. It, it's a tropical country. Uh, it's so small. It's, uh, you know, on the, Medi- or sorry, on the Caribbean Sea. Um, and it, it's, uh, it's an interesting country. Um, because the British had colonized it for a while, but there were a lot of uh, Spanish speaking people there. So when we get there, you know, English is the official language of the country. So most of the team is able to communicate, but, you know, there's like in the outs, uh, outside cities and the outside towns, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who only spoke Spanish. So when we were there, I ended up kind of being a translator because I can speak uh, fluent Spanish. And, you know, I had to translate the gospel and, you know, we were out evangelizing, sharing the gospel. And here I am, you know, like I know the words that I'm supposed to say, but, you know, it hasn't touched my heart yet. And one day we, we go to our hotel and I, I'm just kind of reflecting on the day and I'm like, you know, I'm telling people to give their lives to Jesus. I'm telling them to like surrender. 
And I'm just like, I haven't done that yet. Like, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. So, you know, I, I believe that I give my life to Jesus on that trip. And then from then on, I felt God calling me right away uh, to be a missionary. So I start reading, um, uh, you know, the New Testament. I start from Matthew. I go all the way to, uh, you know, Acts and then Romans. And, you know, during the book of Acts, as I was reading, I, I noticed this guy, you know, who he was out planting churches. He was out making disciples. You know, he was he was doing all these things. And this guy caught my eye. I was like, who is this? You know, I, I don't even know who, who Paul was. I don't know, you know, how he was the great apostle or anything like that. But, you know, I was reading about him. And then, um, you know, I felt uh, as we kept going on uh, street witnessing and stuff like that, I, I started thinking, what's next for these people? Like, you know, what's what's God going to do with them? Um, and through reading the book of Acts, I, I felt God's call on my life, you know, like, if there is no church, then you go plant the church. So that's kind of where it started. Um, and, you know, ever since then, I've been, you know, putting myself in those places where, you know, uh, God's going to help me grow into becoming a church planter and where God's going to help me grow into being able to then, you know, go out and actually start uh, planting those churches. So that's a little bit about me. All right. Is it my turn? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, for me, I did not grow up in a solid Christian home. Um, my mom um, was a Jehovah's Witness and my father, he grew up in a Christian church, but throughout my childhood, we were kind of on and off. Like there'd be periods of time where we would go to a Christian church. And then there would be periods of time where my mom took me with the Jehovah's Witnesses. So starting in junior high, um, we started going to the Jehovah's Witness church regularly. So that was junior high. And then throughout high school, I was studying with them. And um, I, you know, I always believed in God, but, and I believed in Jesus, but I didn't know him. And so it was during high school, my, my dad, you know, I believe he, he really committed his life to the Lord, like for real <laughs> this time. And um, he started sharing with me, like how the Jehovah's Witnesses, like they actually have changed many scriptures and um, they're teaching, you know, the wrong way to heaven. They're teaching the, the wrong Jesus, right? They, they taught they were teaching me that, um, you know, Jesus isn't God, that he uh, was just an angel. And yeah, my, my dad just, he went, like, he took a Bible and he showed me, like, these are the scriptures that, that they're changing. And um, so that really got me to, like, pray, God, what, what, which way is true? Um, because, you know, the Jehovah's Witnesses that, that I was surrounded by, they, they were really good people, you know, and I compared that to, like, all the Christians I knew, mm -hmm. and sadly, I, I just saw, like, a lot of uh, hypocrisy, so I don't know, I just, even though I, my dad was showing me, like, you know, this is the true scripture, they changed it, like, I was still, like, yeah, but, but what about, you know, the, the people, my Jehovah's Witness friends that they're just living really good lives. And it seems like they have the truth. Um, 
but you know, God's word just convicted me. And so I, I just started praying like throughout my senior year of high school, God, what is true? Like who, which way is right, you know? And it was through that, that he just really revealed, you know, himself to me. Um, he helped me to, to see that, you know, there was no need for changing the Bible, that it's been the same. Um, yeah. And then God just helped me to see that who Jesus really is, that, that he is God and that only through, through him, not some angel, um, could he die and pay for our sins and rise again. So he helped me to see that, um, just through months of prayer and seeking. So that was right after I graduated high school. Like I realized that and I gave myself to the Lord. And at this point I had already committed to going to, um, a university in my area. So when I started going my first semester, I began meeting, you know, a lot of international students from, from all over the world. And many of them were, um, you know, atheist, Hindu, Buddhist, Muslim. And so God started showing me, you know, like the need for the gospel in not just where I grew up, but all over the world. So I started, you know, making friends with these international students. And my friend and I started um, a Bible study for international students. And then um, but then I was like, okay, God, but I want to go and I want to see the world and see what you have for me. Um, so that led me to spending a, a semester in East Africa in a country called Rwanda. And so I, during my semester there, I, I just got to see the needs of the world for myself, like physical needs and spiritual needs. And yeah, when I, when I returned from that semester, like I knew for sure God was calling me to do that work, to spend my life, you know, in the nations that really need the gospel, not to say that our country doesn't, right? Mm -hmm. um, but we just, we're so blessed with, with many solid churches here and with many resources um, on like how to study the Bible in our language. Whereas, you know, other countries, they, they really lack that. Mm -hmm. So um, I just started praying, like, I was still in school at the time, so I kind of had to finish, but I was like, God, like, okay, right after school, like, where are you going to send me? And it was in this time that um, <clears throat> he led me to uh, a pastor named Rob Douglas, and he taught a missions Bible, uh, a missions class at the Bible college at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. Yeah. And so I got connected there and when I started taking his classes, that's where I met Brian, actually. Mm -hmm. And God was just confirming to me, like, this is what I'm calling you to. And at the time, Brian and I were, were just friends. We really didn't have any interest uh, for each other. Um, so we were friends for a year and a half. And then after that, both of us went to this school of missions down in Mexico. And the purpose of that school is to uh, train up people that that feel called to cross-cultural ministry and it was during our summer at that school that we started liking each other and uh, praying about marrying each other yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and then from there we both in our dating we got to go to the Middle East on a short-term trip and yeah we eventually got married 
and then we went back to the Middle East. But yeah, yeah. I don't know how far I should go. There's a lot. No, that's awesome. I mean, you've been married four months now. For those that are wondering, and I remember, I couldn't remember. So I'm glad you brought it up. When you guys, when you and Nancy came back from Rwanda, Rob was interviewing you in our missions class. And I think I was next to Brian and I'm like, he's going to end up with one of them. I'm like, (laughs) I could just see it. I was like, I think he's interested in one of them. And soon enough. Yeah. I was, yeah. I'm grateful for Rob and his teaching and you guys go to Calvary Chapel Saving Grace, right? Yeah. And and you are Belinda and they do uh, missions through them. And if I remember Rob said, cause his brother's pastor, um, 80% 80% of the tithe goes out of the church, right? Or towards missions mm-hmm. and 20% um, or something like that. It's more than what people normally do in, uh, other, in other churches. Numbers, yeah. But it is more. Yeah. Your average church. Yeah. It's just cool how the Lord's brought you together and you both have the passion for missions. Um, so we have a couple questions from people that had submitted them for you guys. And thank you to those who did. Uh, my friend Janie, who's been on a few mission trips uh, through crew or other things, she wanted to know, and you guys probably answered this already in your stories, but how did you know you were being called to mission work overseas? Um, yeah, well, I did mention it a little, just seeing the need among the international students, like for like the gospel uh that's one thing that you know that god used to stir my heart um but another thing is throughout scripture right um you know jesus one of the last things he said before he ascended was go into all the world and preach the gospel um you know teaching them to obey all things that i've commanded you and that was really convicting for me like wow, Jesus, he told his followers to go into all the world. Um, And then something else was in Romans chapter 15, verses 20, uh, yeah, 20 and 21. So um, this was Paul the Apostle's aim. And yeah, God really spoke to me through it. So he says, and so I have made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not announced, they shall see. And those who have not heard shall understand. So there was a period of time, like after Rwanda, uh, while I was finishing my school, and before I even met Pastor Rob and got plugged into that, you know, missions equipping, um, I was like, God, is, is this really like what you have put on my heart? Because I would talk to so many people and tell them and Um, there was just a lot of discouraging comments and Mm -hmm. things that were said. And I started like second guessing, like, is this really what you want me to do, Lord? But because Mm -hmm. I was so sure, but I didn't have anyone to disciple me in what God was putting on my heart. But anyways, like one day I just, I opened my Bible and I read this, like Paul made it his aim to preach the gospel where he wasn't named. Like, this is totally from God, you know? Um, And so he, he gave me this verse also through other people after that. And God was just confirming it. Like, this is what I'm calling you to. So that's, that's how I knew that God was calling me to missions work overseas by just seeing the need. Um, 
with the international students and through his word? Yeah, for me, it was, um, you know, definitely just the Bible. Uh, Like I said, I was reading through it and I just started seeing uh, just how that was the way the, the early church was living their lives. You know, they were sharing the gospel everywhere. So, um, yeah, when, just when I realized that, I was like, dude, I, I got to do this with my life. And so when I get to, to Romans, um, you know, Romans 116, you could say, you know, people have those like life verses, like that, that is my life verse. Romans 116, you know, for I have, uh, sorry, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, right? Like for it is the power of God to salvation, right? Um, so just that, uh, in itself, like, I remember when I came back, um, from that trip, reading Romans 116, I had to really live it out because, you know, I came back and I went to high school once again, you know, and all my friends, uh, knew me as, as my old self. And it was hard for me to like, you know, show them, no, I'm no longer that person. I am, you know, I'm, I'm an, I'm a, I'm a believer now. I'm a, a new creation in Christ. And, uh, you know, I really had to live out that, uh, that verse, like not being ashamed of the gospel. I mean, I wasn't perfect, you know, so every now and then I would kind of shy away from sharing the gospel, but I, you know, just the, the word of God radically transformed me. And, uh, you know, I started seeing how, all right, well, I, I can share the gospel here, right at home here in the States. But then, like I said, I started seeing how there were places in the world that didn't have any church at all. And that kind of started stirring my heart, like, you know, to, to continue on and what God originally called me to do, which was to plant churches. So, uh, you know, with that verse, you can apply it here, right at home, uh, you know, don't be ashamed of the gospel, but, you know, also recognize that there's places in the world where there isn't like, you know, anyone to share the gospel, like people, even if they wanted to meet a Christian, you know, if like, let's say like, the Lord Jesus appears to them in a, in a dream or a vision or something like that. There's just no one they, they can go and seek out, you know, there's no place where they can go and find a Bible. So these are the kind of places where Andrea and I feel the, that, that God is calling us to go to. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Janie's second question says, what is your method when you meet a non-believer and mm. you want to share Christ with them? Maybe share like in the States, how you do that. And then, also on the mission field. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, you know, there's two kinds of uh, non-believers you can meet, right? Uh, there's your friends, family, and then there's complete strangers. Um, so with friends and family, uh, it's a little, it's a little different, because you have to, you know, foster that, like, relationship that you have with them, you have to be able to be in a place where, like, they're, they're, uh, you know, comfortable with you, right? They, they, they can trust you, Um so with that, you know, you have to kind of, like I said, just uh, base yourself on that relationship and then just really show them Jesus in, in all that you do, like every day, day by day, you have to show them who Jesus is. And, uh, uh, you know, aside from that, obviously, you know, teach them the word of God, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of tricky because, you know, as soon as they like understand that you're like trying to share the gospel or teach the word of God, they're like, oh, okay, I've heard this before. Or, you know, I don't want to hear it anymore or something like that. Um, but, you know, you have to kind of uh, you know, be with them. And honestly, um, in the times that are rough for them, that the hardest times for them, 
that's when, you know, the Lord really uses those times for us to come in and show them the love of God, show them, you know, the grace that God has given us, right? And uh, just just really use that to minister to them, um, you know, use the word of God to minister into their hearts. And, you know, those those hard times, those times when we're like, God, why is this happening? They, they end up becoming, um, for the most part, you know, those times where people just uh, are more open to God. Mm-hmm. You agree? Yeah, yeah, I do agree. Um, do you have anything else to say about that? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I have a lot of a lot of non-believers in my family. Uh, so whenever I meet a non-believer, um, like at work or just out and about, I just I don't know. There's a special place in my heart for them because they could be my family, mm. you know. Um, but yeah, what is your method when you meet an unbeliever? I want to share Christ with them. Well, at first, I I just try and get to know them, and I don't know. You can help me. Yeah, I'm like trying to analyze myself right yeah. now. What yeah. do I do? But yeah, I I try to get to know them, and um, obviously, when they're trying to get to know me, they they will quickly learn that I am a Christian, and mm-hmm. they'll learn what you know what I'm living for, and um yeah over over time like many many of them in the beginning they might not be like open to to hearing about god or about what his word says but i found that over time they do like get curious like they'll start asking like why do you do this or why does the bible say this you know um i don't know if that answers the question i i but, yeah, for me, I think the biggest thing is building that relationship with a person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, I was talking about the two, like, categories. Um, so, you know, that was the the friends and family. So now, like, strangers, uh, it's a little different. You know, you don't really know them. Uh, for the most part, you approach somebody and you say hi, and they're kind of like, what are, you, what are you doing? Like, you know, we just don't really do that here for some reason in the States. Um, it, it's just awkward when you talk to a stranger. So um, I've really found, and I told Andrea, you know, like that I like to just kind of test the waters. Like I, I just say, um, hey, how you doing? And if they like reply, then all right, like that's an open door. Like I just start asking them a little bit. Like if we're uh, at a coffee shop or something like that I'll just be like you know like what are you doing are you studying or you know what are, are you just hanging out and then that's just kind of like you know those questions they just kind of lead like she said you know into building like some kind of relationship and um then you you know um yeah like I also like to kind of ask them a little bit more personal questions sometimes uh you know like sometimes if the Lord leads I, I just straight up say like do you like what do you think is going to happen when we die and you know those questions really show you where they're at right um and you know one time uh there's an example her and I were uh just hanging out and we see this guy on his computer at a coffee shop. yeah at a coffee shop and he just looks so like in like in, into what he's doing and then finally he closes his laptop so when he closes his laptop I just kind of like lean over and I'm like hey how you doing <laughs> and then um he, he's like I'm doing good how about you and then, you know, we just started like talking about um, uh, like my, my next question was something like, um, you know, like, what do you think is going to happen when we die? Yeah, I think that was the question. And he's like, well, I'm Sikh. So, you know, we we kind of 
we don't know. He was like, I was like, do you believe in reincarnation? He's like, yeah, kind of, but sometimes not. Like, I think we're just going to end up, you know, in a hole or whatever. So, you know, I was like, all right, this guy, um, this guy has just no concept uh, of the truth. Right. So with that, I, I find that sometimes when you ask people what they believe, then they'll ask you, what do you believe? And that's like the, like, you know, the widest open door for you to just share the gospel. You know, I'm not saying that people are going to give their lives to Christ that day, but like, you know, what God is calling us to do is to share, right? He's not calling us to, uh, I think I'm getting a little bit ahead in the questions, right? Um, but, you know, he's not calling us to to convert people. He's not calling us to, you know, have like a, a, a just like a tally of uh, how many people we've brought to Christ. He's calling us to be faithful, to share the gospel. So like I said, you know, there's different ways of doing that. And questions for me are really great. One time I was going around the mall, uh, you know, it was like one of those like uh, evangelism nights. I was just going around the mall. And my question of the night was like, do you know what the word gospel means? And so, you know, like some people like were kind of like, oh yeah, you know, this is this and that. And it's like, all right, cool. They know what the gospel is. And then other people are like, no, what's that? So then it's like, all right, perfect. Let me share with you. Janie's third and final question said, what does it mean to you to be fully surrendered to Christ and let him use you for his kingdom? Wow. It's a big question. Yeah. yeah. You want to first or me? You first. Me first. <laughs> All right. So, you know, like I was sharing um, when I was on that trip to Belize, uh, like that, that's, that's how I gave my life to Christ. You know, I, I realized that I wasn't surrendered. Like surrender means to just give everything up, no matter what the cost is, right? To just give everything up, even when every everyone around you doesn't agree with it. Um, so for me to be fully surrendered to Christ, you know, it was that, but then it was beyond that as well, because surrender means, all right, God, I am going to do everything for you, no matter what you ask me to do, right? So at that, that point in my life, it was give my life to him, um, you know, put my faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. But now, uh, like, you know, a little bit after that, it starts to become into, well, he's calling me to be a church planter. So I said, God, I'm going to surrender my life to you. That means I'm going to do that, right? If you call me to be a church planter, I'm going to be a church planter. So just to, to be fully surrendered to Christ, like I said, is just, uh, just living your life every day, day by day, uh, you know, willing absolutely willing to to just uh uh follow wherever he calls you to go right to to do whatever he calls you to do and to obviously um like just have him in the in the front of your mind every day uh you know willing to to do whatever it is that he's calling you to do mm. that's what surrender means yeah well you made me think of when i first surrendered my life to jesus and um for me as a Jehovah's Witness who is trying to do good to get to heaven. Um, for me, surrendering to Christ at first was, okay, um, I can't do anything to get to heaven. Like that's impossible. Um, and I just, I need to trust like in Jesus that he, he died for me and he rose again. And that's, my faith in that, that's, you know, what's going to get me eternal life, right? So that was the first surrender for me. And then after that, I don't know, I feel like it was just really natural. I think, I don't know, some people that like friends of mine, they really struggled with surrendering things. But I think for me, after that, it was kind of like, just natural, like, okay, God, now what do I do with my life? 
because it was also like right after high school and I was entering college and I really didn't know what I was going to do in college. You know, I didn't really have like a career in mind. So it was just natural for me to like, okay, God, what, what do you want me to do? And then he, you know, he showed me the need with the international students and yeah, from there, it's just been like, God, I know what he wants me to do with my life, but now I guess in this season, there are new things that I'm surrendering to God. Like the first one is, you know, since we are preparing to move to the Middle East, um, I have to continually surrender like my family to him because it it is hard to to leave them behind. It's so hard. Um, you know, I have two uh, cousins that I'm really close to, they're, they're children, but I'm going to have to miss watching them grow up, you know, like that's something that I keep having to surrender, like, okay, God, I know that you're calling me over there uh, to, to be a part of building your kingdom, um, and I just have to surrender this to you. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, yeah, that's how I'm fully, fully surrendering to him, like in this season. And then also like, just the comforts and security that I've been finding in my country, like um, where we're going, um, there really is no freedom to um, share the gospel with um Anyway. people of um the islamic faith like there's no freedom to do that and but i have to surrender like god okay you want me to to go anyway um and, yeah and then yeah another part of surrender also is you know when god calls you to do something obviously it has to be scripturally based but like you know other people like you know my parents or you know friends or whatever like they see that and they're like what are you doing why why are you doing that and like they just don't understand like you have to understand that like when god calls you to do something it's your personal call so you know like i said uh, uh this this can be kind of uh, tricky so that's why i said it has to be based on scripture uh cuz otherwise you know you can you can easily say like oh god called me to do this but like obviously it's not scripturally based so god did not call you to do that um but anyway, uh, that's besides the point. So like surrender, right, is like um, when God calls you to do something and all of your family, all your friends are opposed to that, then you have to realize who, you know, your ultimate authority is. It's God. And that's what surrender looks like. You know, Jesus, uh, he, he, he preaches on, you know, if you if you can't do this, then you can't be my disciple. If you can't do this, you can't be my disciple. Right. Like if you can't pick up your cross daily. If you can't count the cost, if you can't, you know, leave father, mother, you know, brother, sister behind, then you can't be my disciple. And, um, you know, this is this is what we're, we're like, you know, like you read those passages and it's like, yeah, like, you know, this is the word of God. But then you start living your life for God and you start seeing like, yeah, this is exactly what life is like. You know, like Jesus had a point when he said all those things. Right. Um, so yeah. that's, a, that's a little bit on that. And then just to end this question with. Uh, Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable to God which is your reasonable service 
yeah like just when when it's hard to fully surrender to him I just remember this passage like it's it's a reasonable service like mm -hmm. after all that God has done for us and all that he's gonna give us you know eternal life it's it's just our reasonable service yeah yeah Yeah, and surrender is relinquishing control and comfort in what is easy. <laughs> um, and it's so hard in America to just to go outside of our comfort zone and to do what God calls us to do. And living for him and being faithful where he has us right now. Um, but it is to leave behind what is most dear to you because his kingdom's an upside down kingdom. Another friend, Daniel wanted to ask what's one scripture you hold on to during a hard season on the field. Wow. So Philippians four, um, starting in verse six, you know, like this is Paul writing to the church of Philippi and just a little bit of background, right? He's uh, writing from, uh, from jail, right? Like he, he, he's writing in, in one of his lowest, like times here on earth like you know uh being imprisoned and all and now he's gonna like write some encouragement to the church of uh, philippi and uh uh here in uh, chapter four verse six he says be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving right that's like for me that's the key like with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, right? Like just that, that first exhortation, man, be anxious for nothing, right? Like that, that's so true. You can apply that to anywhere, like any, any area of life, like just walking through the day, uh, you know, just it, like just silly example. Let's say you're walking through the day and like your shoe gets wet and you know how when your sock gets wet, like, it's just like, oh man, it's over. Like your sock's wet for the rest of the day. Like, little things like that, like, don't be anxious, right? Um, but, you know, it also applies to, like, harder stuff, right? Like, you know, there, there's just moments where where it's going to seem like everyone around you is opposed to you. Um, but God is calling us to not be anxious, right? Um, but in everything, right? This, this, But in everything, and now by prayer and supplication, right? We have our Father in heaven who we can reach out to. Like, we, we should pray to him. We should call out to him. And he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna reply. This is what he replies. Well, you know, the key, like I said, with Thanksgiving, when you pray to him, you have to be thankful for all the things he's done. You have to be thankful for his faithfulness. You know, you have to be thankful for everything that he's provided in your life. Let your request be made known to God, right? And this is how he replies with his peace and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, right? This peace, we, we don't understand it sometimes, you know, this peace, it's like, Like, why, why do I have peace in my heart right now when all these things are like, you know, going wrong around me? Well, it, it's gonna, it's gonna, this is what it, what it does. It surpasses all understanding. It will guard your hearts and minds to Christ Jesus, right? It's gonna help us to keep our faith going. Um, so yeah, that, that's, you know, one scripture that like, you know, from the first time I read it, like I've just held on to it and I keep holding on to it and I keep returning back to it. Um, yeah. That's good. <laughs> For me, I, I always come back to Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Mm. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So when I'm in, when I find myself in, you know, a, a difficult season, I just have to keep reminding myself, like, 
trust in the Lord, you know, even though it doesn't seem like things are going to get better, like just keep acknowledging him. He's going to direct my paths. And then I, I always just remind myself too, like how far he's brought me and yeah. And I need to not give up and not lose faith that he's going to bring me to the end. Right. Um, And then another one, I'm not going to read it because it's long, but Hebrews chapter 11 is really good. You know, it it just, it talks about the faith of um, just the Old Testament saints. Yes. The Old Testament saints like Abraham and Moses and, and Enoch. And yeah, you should just read all of that, you know, um, let me see. Yeah, I love especially Hebrews 11 verses, verse, starting in verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. <laughs> I love that. Like just having their example and seeing like all the the struggles they went through but you know they kept their eyes on the end like trusting that in god's promises yeah they held on to a promise that they hadn't seen come true yet in their lifetime and so since we have seen the fulfillment of all that how much more responsible are we to go and share the good news you know it's very convicting um (laughs) i love that chapter too um and daniel's second question he asked, has anything changed in your relationship with Christ since being on the mission field and sharing the gospel to people who didn't know the name of Jesus before? If anything, I've been more dependent on him um, in how I share the gospel with people, like um, just especially because the region that we're going to be going to um like I, I mentioned before, it, it is illegal to, to share about Jesus and the Bible with, with those that have, you know, the Islamic faith. So, you know, with that, I mean, obviously, we're still called to share, you know, um, but we're going to be need to be like a lot more dependent on him, I think. Um, I've, I've just been thinking of John chapter 10, you know, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they know me. And I've just been praying like, God, help me to know your voice more because I, I don't just want to carelessly share with everyone because we kind of have to be careful because there are, um, you know, secret, secret police, police and yeah. stuff. And there there is that that danger of, you know, what if I accidentally share with the wrong person and they they turn us in and we get kicked out of the country yeah so um yeah i guess it's changed my relationship with christ by just needing to to be more sensitive to his voice seeing my need for that and just praying for that yeah Yeah. uh i think i could say the same for me uh just that dependence on on jesus right um just in everything that you do and um you know going back to like those hard times like just you need Jesus like if your relationship with Jesus isn't strong then like it it can easily crumble like when when those hard times come you know when the darts from the enemy come then like if you can't pick up your shield then like you know like what are you gonna do like they're just gonna attack you and you're gonna be struck down and you're just gonna you know be be easily tossed um but 
yeah, you have to, you have to have a, a firm relationship with Jesus. So I, like I said, um, if anything has changed then yeah, it's definitely like just recognizing um, just how much more dependent we ought to be on, on Christ. Yeah. Please go listen to part two of this conversation surrendered for the gospel.